Welcome to the Exchange for the Exchange podcast, where we exchange ideas about current events, pop culture, and theology. And live. we are on air, boys. Okay. You are live. For the record, <laughs> Josh Pinnell is laughing. Nikolai Carpathia. <laughs> so gentle. <laughs> wow. I don't even know what Alex is going to say at this point. <clears throat> Welcome to the Exchange podcast. Uh, it is good to be with you all again. Joined, as always, by my... Good friends and esteemed co-hosts, Josh Pinnell and Daniel Lopez. Boys, how's it going? Daniel, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing really well. Thank you, Alex. Just drinking a hot tea, enjoying my evening. Looking sharp. Looking sharp. Oxford buttoned down with a plaid tie. Looking sharp. Josh, how you doing, buddy? Alex, I'm glad you finally decided to ask me. I think it's been about three or four episodes since you asked me how I was doing. I noticed the last episode that I didn't. I never got to ask you, Alex. This has happened several times, but since you I'm decided sorry. to ask me, I will answer. I'm living the dream, Alex. So tonight, uh, before we started, I uh, drank a milkshake. Four mm-hmm. taste of glory divine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How was small groups? It's good, man. We yeah, we had we had small group tonight. Um, we were discussing evangelism, the role of everyday church members, and ministry like is ministry something that only the pastors do or is it something that everyone does yeah. we're all ministers of the word huh varying varying degrees and in different vocations yeah man the kingdom of priests man yes sir please that that little bit right there is extra that was not a topic of discussion uh that is just bonus content right there uh we have a full episode this night, uh, this evening. I think it's gonna be a fun episode. It's gonna be a fun episode, uh, boys. I just, I just got back uh, from the Desiring God. Actually, no, it's not Desiring God anymore. It's the Bethlehem Conference for Pastors. The topic that I want to talk about tonight, first of all, Bible conference stereotypes. Um, <laughs> I, I have a few, and they're fresh in my mind. But I want to hear from you guys. We've all attended these conferences in the past. Um, I think both of you have attended a Desire and God conference, right? I have, yes. Josh, did you go to a DD? I, I don't desire God enough yet. Maybe one mm-hmm. day I will. I have been once to T4G. Which, let's be honest, it is, it's not truly together for the gospel. It, it really should be branded together for Calvinism. Let's just be honest. <laughs> let's get into the stereotypes. I'm going to get one from each of you. Uh, we can go back and forth until our lists are exhausted. Josh, let's get your first Bible slash pastors conference stereotype. Okay, man. My first one. My first one is the guy who sees the speakers as the superstars. Like <laughs> he's gonna sit as close to the front as possible so he can get the spattle of spit from the from the preacher's mouth. He has his little notebook. He's trying to get everyone's autograph. Okay. Uh, he, he's standing in a line that's about 100 to 200 strong. As you, if only I can touch his garment as he walks by. <laughs> yeah, I, I got someone one of that. I call him the autograph hound. <laughs> <laughs> the signature hound? <laughs> sign, my, sign my Bible. Sign my Bible. I, need, I have a confession to make to you, boys. <clears throat> so back in the day, I <clears throat> went to a, comp- a competition. And it was it was a preaching competition, and it was whole tournament style. You know, 
Like people are getting eliminated left and right. You get down to your final three, people are preaching, and there was somebody. Hold on, were you in the three? I was, man. <clears throat> it's a kid who walks up to me afterwards, asked me to sign his Bible, and I did it. I was in, I was in, I mean, I was in junior high didn't or high school. Great, didn't you feel fantastic afterwards? Uh, dude, I don't remember the feeling. I really don't. I just remember huh. the moment. I remember it being like, this is kind of weird, but me also thinking, I'm pretty awesome. <laughs> So did you end up in third place, or where did you end up? I was second, man. I was second. Dude, I recently got a piece of mail at the church that I work at uh, for one of these competitions. You know what I did with it? I threw it away. Where I the threw- worm dies not and the fire is not quenched. I threw it into <laughs> garbage. Oh, man. <laughs> All right, Daniel, let's go to your first stereotype. You got one? Wow, my favorite conference, and this will be in any conference. The guy walking around with his bank, with his mobile banking app open on his phone, checking to see <laughs> if he has enough money to fill the rest of his suitcase with books. Oh, well, I guess I'll buy this one too because I need to have it. And he's just, I mean, you are, he already has like 15 free books, but he's going around <laughs> buying these books that he's never going to read and like transferring his funds on his phone just to make sure that he can keep buying books. That's my favorite stereotype. He is very happy that they that they offer the mail your books home to you service. <laughs> oh man. I had a professor on Tuesday who told us he was like, Look guys, you don't need to buy the ten most recent cultural issue books. You need to not buy those and instead save your money and buy a lexicon. Mm. Because 15 minutes in the Bible is better than two hours in any of those cultural books. Those things will be here today, six months, and I don't even remember them. Yeah, um, the church that I work at gives us a small budget uh, to buy books at these conferences. And my first year that I went, I bought uh, good books. You know, I, I, I didn't buy, I don't think I bought any bad books, but like, um, but the last few years, man, I've been like really kind of just being like, I should just buy books that are like timeless, you know? So last year I bought Edward, yeah. Edward's collected works. I bought, uh, have you guys seen the new Spurgeon sermon notes? Mm-hmm. No. I bought the first volume of that J.I. Packer's, the new J.I. Packer biography. So I just figured it'd be better to invest in those types of books. That's those the, are good books. Yeah. Awesome. Those are good books. Um, all right. Uh, I'll give one of my stereotypes, the pregnant reformed mom of eight. Wow. <laughs> Dude, how can we forget? She loves her husband. He's always either at the bookstore and just having the time of his life. Um, and she is tending to the kids. She's also like super cool. Like she wears like New Balance shoes and like American Eagle jeans. And her hair is always done, but it's always like frazzled from the toddlers. Josh, you got one, buddy? Yeah, man, I got another one for you. I'm going to throw out the the guy who thinks that it's his job to take pictures of the event. So, <laughs> so you know, it start, he's like taking pictures of the building outside. He's taking pictures of people walking in. And then once the session starts, he's taking pictures of people with their hands up in worship, like closing their eyes. Like, this is a little bit weird. I don't want this guy to take my picture. He's taking pictures of you 
you taking notes with your Bible. Then, of yep. course, shot of the speaker. So he's walking right up down the middle of the aisle. Taking yes. these oh, dude. You know, if they're, you know, a lot of these conferences have apps now, and those apps have news feeds, and he's always flooding the news feeds with photos. Yes. But there is, there is the younger guy or girl who makes sure to go around, and when, he, when they talk to the person at a display table, wants to make sure that they understand that they're, what they're studying and what they want to do with their life. But they give this autobiography to every single display table. Oh, man. So they're just, like, talking their heads off. And you can just see the display person, like, shaking their head, like, not really wanting to interact with that person. They know that they're a captive audience. They know that they're a captive audience because they can't leave their display. And they talk about the the undergrad paper they wrote on (laughs) an, an intro to Old Testament. Along those lines, you have the salty seminarian who is upset that he wasn't asked to be a plenary speaker. <laughs> As the guy who critiques all the sermons. Yes. Because, because no one's reformed enough. He's the only oh, one who's reformed oh, enough, let's be honest. No. Oh, no one is ever reformed enough. And he only is reformed enough. And he tells you whether you like it or not how so-and-so's exegesis was, was incomplete. And how he could have, how he could have done better than that. Yes, he gives every sermon a solid B minus. Yes, yep, that's good. Solid B minus, solid B minus. The bearded men. And then he like asks his friends that he met at the conference if they want to catch a beer after the session. Feeling <laughs> <laughs> persecuted that they can't be smoking a cigar right now. They're smoking a pipe out back. With the volunteer staff, who are also <laughs> boys. I'm all out of stereotypes. I, I, I doubt we exhausted it, but uh, there's also another one. There's another one. I almost wrote it down, but I thought that we might not have too many. Um, the old guy, the old guy who comes with his wife and doesn't really know what's going on, but wants to be kind of in the gen- the next generation, and uh, always falls asleep during the sessions. Yes, but then, like when he gets up to sing, he looks like he was so moved during the message. Yes. Oh, yeah. But he slept through it. He slept through it. Boys, good thoughts. Good thoughts. Okay, let's move on to uh, another topic: social media hiatuses. Mm. First question I want to ask you guys is: Have either of you ever embarked upon a social media hiatus? Uh, well, let me let me ask you a question. Define what a social media hiatus is. Oh, dude, it always starts like this. It always starts like this. Facebook status. Hey, guys, I'm taking a break oh, from Facebook. I hate that. I'll, I'll see you all later at, an, at, an, at a time to be defined later. Or they say, I'm going off the grid. And I hate that. That status, that status gets 1,000 teary faces and comments. Don't go. Gotta go. No, don't go anywhere. <laughs> But I gotta go. I gotta go. Teary faces and comments that that person never sees because they went off the grid after posting that status. No, 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 no. They post the status 24 hours before they go off the grid so they can see all the people who will miss them. They still gotta get that, you know? Yeah, they're still getting that, that, that hit. I think that if you pay close enough attention, 
that 24 hours before the announcement of the social media hiatus, that person just got involved <laughs> in a drag them out firestorm debate about something on Facebook. <laughs> We're talking like 89 comments about <laughs> whether or not you should vote for Donald Trump. Yes. It, it's either that it's either that, or their relationship status just changed. I was about to say that. Yes, that's so true. I was about to say that. Oh. But it doesn't change it doesn't change from like in a relationship to single. It either just like gets rid of the in a relationship entirely or it changes from in a relationship to its complicated. Yes. Yep. Yes. It's a hiatus I actually had someone on my page yesterday and their update was um is in a complicated relationship. And I'm like, why do you want the world to know about your complicated relationship? Yeah, if it's that complicated, your followers on Facebook do not need to know about it. Okay, or they just got out of like a missions conference thing. <laughs> yeah. Where the best berated people who spend time on social media and told them that they should spend the time they spend on social media with really? witnessing the people. You need to get out of the Facebook and get yourself in the Facebook game, man. Okay, so what is a social media hiatus then? That's it. It's when you it's when you either delete your account or you delete the app from your phone so that you do not have access to your live account because you want to be away from it for either a day or a few weeks or however long. Have you guys ever taken a social media hiatus? I, I have. I've never taken a full hiatus, but Facebook I have multiple times. How long was it? Just like three or four days. Three or four days? Mm-hmm. Josh, how about you? Dude, I have no clue. I have no clue. You have? I have not. I have not taken a social media hiatus. Okay, let's get to the meat. What do you guys think about social media hiatuses? The reason I say it's healthy, for me, when I've done it, it's when I'm. it's when I become aware of how compulsive I am with checking in on everybody that I follow on Instagram and Snapchat and Facebook. And it starts to annoy me because I feel like I'm wasting my time. I just delete the app from my phone. And that way I only see it if I'm like going on my computer to check my email. Josh, what do you think? What, what, what's, uh, what, is there benefit to social media hiatuses? I don't know, man. Like if you want to go for it, if you don't want to, it's fine too. Yeah. Okay. You got social media hiatus. You're gonna waste your life on other things too. You're gonna waste your time on other things too. It's true. The only thing that I criticize about social media hiatuses is the announcement. Hmm. Why announce it? Because you have to make. Is otherwise people are gonna be like, dude, what happened to so and so? We haven't seen him post in the last. I'm telling you, it's about it's about the hit, man. Like every time that you go on Facebook and you have a notification. Like you always feel a surge of excitement, yeah. And then a lot of times you open it up and it's like, oh, it's just whose birthday it is today, you know. But even if you know that you're gonna open it up and it's just people's birthday, if you see a notification number on the little globe, that's it, man. That's the hit. So when you say a goodbye message, you basically are saying, I want one last big hit before I go back to rehab. Hmm. So it's like a drug. Yeah, for sure. That's that's an issue. So if you're trying to get a hit from it, I would say that's yeah. not a good idea. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I just, I'll, I'll be honest. Uh, 
like my interest level in this conversation is the same interest level that I have for every status update saying I'm taking a hiatus. I'm going to leave it with these words. Air. Drugs are really expensive. (laughs) (laughs) All right, boys. Uh, Topic of a little more serious, on a little more serious note, Donald Trump has released what some call a Muslim ban, but effectually is a hold on visas or entrance from seven countries into America for 90 days. Is that correct? Yes. That's what it is, right? Uh, Yes. Uh, Specifically for Syrian refugees, it is um, until further notice. So we actually don't know when Syrian refugees will be allowed into the United States. And um, for the the first 30 days, it's all refugees from anywhere in the world. Okay, so for the first 30 days of the 90 days, all refugees from anywhere in the world, it's a whole... Yes. And, and then, then um, yeah, the other six countries. Anyone from those six countries, it doesn't matter if they're refugee or not, um, cannot come into the states unless they're citizens. But Syria is indefinite. Yes, Syrian refugees or Syrian citizens is indefinite. Okay, let's go. Let's go from two different frameworks. Let's get let's get your let's get your position on this from the framework of being an American citizen, and then secondly, let's get your framework from being a Christian. Josh, from an American, from being an American citizen point of view, what do you think about the refugee order? Yeah, I can't, I can't, uh, I can't separate those two things because okay. my Christianity changes how I view everything. It's anti-gospel, it's anti-kingdom, and it's anti-Christ. Christ welcomes the refugee, the homeless, uh, to Himself, and it is is an anti-gospel. Is what it's doing now. Keep in mind, it's a temporary, temporary time with what he has said. It has the purpose of looking for a safer way to vet these refugees. I'm glad Jesus uh, doesn't choose to cease accepting the homeless, those without a father, those without a family. Uh, yeah, I think it, it's it's sending a false message of what fatherhood and what leadership looks like. Okay. And so that's why I say it's anti-Jesus and it's anti-gospel. Okay. Daniel, what do you think, buddy? All right. So take it from the political swing, Alex, because that's the, that's the defense that I've heard. Well, don't you think it's good that we need to pause and consider and take time to see? First of all, you don't need to pause something to reconsider and revise it because you will still need to put that into effect at some point. Second of all, what warranted the pause? And people say, oh, well, you know, San Bernardino and 9-11, the shootings in Orlando. And I say, okay, well, you know, 9-11 was 16 years ago. Um, What Syrian refugees have caused extreme violence in the United States that politically warrant you to stop and vet? And what do you mean a stronger vetting? What, What... what would be different from our betting vetting process? And that's where people assume that you would be vetting them based on religious positions. Now, that's not in the text, but that's the assumption. That's be, that politically. That's the problem for me. Which know? would be which would be consistent with his previous remarks uh, during the during the campaign. And let us not forget that Donald Trump opened the back door and let Stephen Bannon come in and sit down at the table again. 
So both so both of you are against the order. Yeah, but yes. I'm I, I'm I think I'm against it for a very different reason than Daniel is. Well, so yeah, I don't Daniel, it's a different reason. I think you just capitalized on the religious motivations. So, so from a religious, so I wanted to talk about the politics of it. What I'm saying is, I think my answer was a political answer. Okay, my my answer is informed by the cultural mandate from Genesis one. God has a covenant with all of humanity, and all of humanity is to image God. If you're not imaging God in your sphere of contact, if you're not causing flourishing to occur in the world with everything you interact with, then you're giving a false impression of who God is. And to not let the refugee in when they're trying to escape from a dangerous situation is not to cause everything in your realm of cultural contact to flourish. Not... It's, it's not viewing Jesus. So Jesus is the king of kings. He is the lord of lords. You could say he's the king of presidents. He's the president of presidents. So Donald Trump, whether he knows it or not, any, any president, any king, ultimately only derives their authority from Jesus and all of their actions to Jesus. We see that in, Re- in Revelation 6, when the kings of the earth try to hide themselves from the wrath of the Lamb. At the end of, at the end of time, Leaders will give an account for how well leadership and what fathership looks like. They did a good job or a bad job. Yeah, I guess I would. I guess I would just say that regardless of this order, this does not in any way, shape, or form hinder the church. That if they're not going to come to us, we need to go to them and preach the gospel. Well, um, you also have to think that you know. The United States of America isn't the only place where people with compassion are doing that work. Right. Yeah, I guess what I'm saying, though, is like from a Christian standpoint, um, I'm still working through the politics of it, to be honest with you. Um, but from a Christian standpoint, when the tr- when the nations come to us, our job got easier. So why would we why would we be against the nations coming to us? I'm really interested in following up with you guys, maybe in a later episode, about this disconnect between like your your view as a Christian, your view as a citizen. But yeah, let's let's put this on the back burner and we can talk about this. Cause I'm not I'm not convinced that there should be a disconnect. But I do feel it, you know, like I do feel like there is one. Alright boys, let's let's move to the last topic. Um, one that I think is going to be a lot of fun. Um, we're gonna introduce a new game on the show. I got five would you rather's for you guys you have to answer them. I'm going to start out with with a couple easy ones, okay? The first one, would you rather sport the Donald's hair style or feel the burn? So would you rather have Donald Trump's hairstyle or Bernie Sanders' hair, hairstyle? Bernie Sanders, hands down. Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sanders? Okay. All right. All right. He's honest with what he's got. You know, we're, dude, we're warming up, man. We're warming up. Okay, that was a softball. A softball. Okay, here's another one. Okay, would you rather have a slight itch or a dull pain for the rest of your life? Oh. Can't can't relieve either of them. A dull pain. Dull pain. Okay. Yeah, I agree. I would. I would go with the pain over the itch, man. All right. 
All right. It's still warm up, though. Okay. All right. Here's where they get interesting. Would you rather argue the five points of Calvinism to a Pelagian or, or argue complementarianism to a feminist once per week for the rest of your life? <laughs> Me too. Hands down. You'll meet. Okay, let me just be clear. So you'll meet a Pelagian over coffee once per week for the rest of your life to argue about the five points of Calvinism. Yeah, man. Yes. Yes. Hands down. There is no point in arguing with a feminist, Alex. All right. I'm just. That's the question, man. Okay. Here's the next one. Would you rather the personal assistant? To Steven Anderson or to Joel Osteen? <laughs> Joel Osteen. You rather, so do you both know who Steven Anderson is? Yeah. No. He's that crazy, crazy KJV guy. Yeah, he's Joel a crazy KJV guy. In Tempe, Joel Arizona. Osteen. Joel Osteen. You'd rather be the personal assistant? Okay. Josh? Yeah, well, I'll tell you why, Alex. Because I would have fantastic income. No, paycheck's the same. Paycheck's the same? Josh. Okay. Josh. Man, wow. I think I'd pick Anderson. Wow. Why? Do you guys want to explain your answers? Josh, explain your answer. Like, I I think I couldn't take... Uh, first of all, I feel like I'd be selling my soul to go with Joel Stein. <laughs> like, but I also feel like I could not take that Texas accent. Dude, that is a, that is a rich draw. I don't know which one I'm more concerned about, my soul or the accent, my soul or my ears, but uh, both both of them are involved there. Dan, you, you, you only said why you didn't pick Joel. You didn't say why you picked Andrew. Oh, oh because I, no, no, no. There's no reason to pick him. The reason like, I'm evaluating, I'm evaluating the negatives on both ends, and one of them has less negatives than the other. Okay, okay, dude. Keep in mind, man. Keep in mind that you're gonna have to advise him on sermons. That you're gonna have to like work through things with him, that you're going to have to go to counseling meetings with him. Like, just keep in mind all of these things, okay? I feel like if I was Joel's assistant, like, we wouldn't really argue about things. Like, we just wouldn't. Like, he would just be like, oh, I see your point. Yeah, that's a great point. And, like, that's it. He'd walk away and, like, do his own thing anyways. But this other guy? No way, man. It would be – everything would be a confrontation. Everything would be an argument. Everything would be like, point. and I can't put, it, I can't point. live like that, man. Whose sermon would you point. rather critique for the rest of your life? I mean, whose sermon would you rather critique? I say, life? hey, Joel, it was crappy sermon, and he'll be like, that's a valid point. I see what you're saying. Yeah, I'm <laughs> about that. that's it. That's it. That's all. That's the worst that would happen. I couldn't take that accent, though, man. Could not take that accent. You both seem to be set in your position. All right, I saved the best one for last. Would you rather preach? faithfully, okay, minding the original context and the overall biblical context, preach faithfully through the Song of Solomon to a youth group or to an old (laughs) folks' home? Dude, you have some serious issues, Alex. I would say a youth group. Yeah, man, because like I would say, it's written. It's written to uh, to people before they're married. Okay. 
with the youth, man. I would say I would do it to the youth group because I feel like because like I feel like if it's handled maturely, it's like it's actually written to them. It's written to show them that every time you get to the most intimate moments of the book, the advice is don't awaken love before it's time. Yeah. And so I would say the youth group, because I would say if I'm going to do it faithfully, it would be to them. All right. Daniel, do you have any uh, explaining points or? Nope. Same thoughts. Boys, this has been quite an adventure. Finished Uh, in time. I'm glad in the words of Lou Reed, I'm glad I spent it with you. I'm glad I spent it with you. That should be the intro music this week, Josh. Did you guys see the new Beauty and the Beast trailer? I haven't seen it. Carly saw it. I started watching it. It's fantastic. Didn't have time to finish it. I've always liked the Beauty and the Beast. It's always been one of my favorite Disney movies. I just wish he wouldn't have changed at the end. Wish he would have stayed the Beast. Okay, here's my question for you. Is Beauty and the Beast uh, a story of Stockholm Syndrome? (laughs) No. Person is captured. While they're captured, they end up falling in love with the person who took them captive. It is not. It is not. No. Because because the beast changes. And she's not held in chains the whole time. It's not like she's a victim. She affects the beast more than he affects her. Boys, we agree on something. Dude, we we have traversed many topics. Good up. Good up. Um, in the words of the famous Michael Scott, good night and good luck. <laughs>